Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, Inspire Nation? I am your host, Jason Wright, and this is episode number 62, Understanding the Lean Startup with Clinton E. Day. How are you guys doing this week? I hope you are doing well. If you're listening to this uh, about the time it comes out, it should be the beginning of your week, so I uh, hope it is going well and goes very well as it moves forward for you. As you might already notice, I've got lots more energy and excitement in my voice than normal, and it's not because anything new's happened, it's because I'm doing this at 7.40 p.m. instead of 2 a.m. So it's a little little difference in my focus and my energy level just for that reason. So I'm trying something new. <laughs> Get back to a reasonable time with the recording of these things. Um, an interesting thing I want to share with you, uh, I think I've talked about this for two months, but podcast keeps growing every week. Not only the seven-day downloads, but the 30-day downloads. So what that tells me is obviously we're, we're putting out a decent show. We've got great guests, and we're talking about things that people see value in because they keep coming back week after week, and we are getting in the ear of people in North America, the U.K., Australia, Africa, and Asia. So South America is a market we haven't tapped into yet, and I'm not sure if there's residents in Antarctica, but the penguins there have no excuse not to tune in, so... I will send them a nasty email later. But anyway, it's kind of a fun ride to be on, and I'm glad you guys are enjoying it, and I know you're enjoying the guests, and we've got another great one for you today. We've got guests recording with me all the time, so we're actually getting way ahead of the game, which is a uh, a huge stress relief, and it's a lot of work at the same time, but it's a lot of fun. So very good stuff, very, very good stuff. Well, we will listen to the conversation between Clinton and myself. Uh, it's definitely, if, if it's your first time here, it's definitely not an interview. We don't do interviews. We used to, and you can hear that on the, the earlier episodes, but this is what we go for. We go for that conversational tone for two reasons. One, it's a hell of a lot more fun from my standpoint. I think the guests like it better. And then for you guys, it's more enjoyable listening. It's not so rigid and uptight. I'm not rigid and uptight, so I'm just going to keep it very real. That's what we do, and that's what works for us. So we call them conversations because that's what they are. The guests really don't have any idea what I'm going to talk about per se, but they know themselves, so it's uh, generally very comfortable for them. So um, we will listen to that now and check that out, and I will talk to you guys again after the conversation. Hello, everybody. I've got another great guest with me this week. I've got Clint E. Day, and let me tell you a bit about Clint. Clint is a successful entrepreneur in his own right, He's a board member of the International Entrepreneur Institute. He is an entrepreneurship adjunct professor. Yeah, this guy is serious. And he's the author of numerous publications and a speaker. Clint, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Awesome. Great to have you. So the question that is burning with me is how in the world did you get started with all this stuff? I feel like I could <laughs> be you in you know, 20 years or so, so I can't wait to hear this. It's kind of interesting. I don't have much of a story about becoming self-employed in the commercial insurance business because my dad did it for like 50 years. Nice. So, so while I learned it at his knee 
And then I married a Southern gal. I went from the Bay Area, San Francisco, back to the South and basically built my career North Florida and Metro Atlanta. And in the process, um, you know, I learned a lot. I started and sold three separate sequential agencies, mainly because I would, she was my partner, my wife, I would get burned out, <laughs> sell them and go on a sabbatical. And by the time I finished the third one, I was exhausted. I bet. And that, that was about 2001 when I uh, came down to Florida. And now I live between Lake Lanier, north of Atlanta and Sarasota, Florida, where I am most of the time, uh, just an hour south of Tampa. Nice. Well, that's very cool. My wife and I are actually business partners as well. And, uh, you know, she, she's always been the business partner by default because we're married. But when we made that official, they just brought out this animal in here. <laughs> I didn't even know it was there. But I know what it feels like, man. It, it can definitely become exhausting. So when you did the insurance and you sold those, you said you were exhausted. At what point did you kind of say, you know what? I've been an entrepreneur. I've experienced success. I want to give back to entrepreneurship. Where'd that come from? Well, it, that's a very natural thing. Uh, I was 59 and uh, 60 when I got out the last time and um, came to Florida. And I started teaching because I'm not a golf and bingo guy. And I, <laughs> <laughs> what about shuffleboard? No, that either. Ah. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was teaching risk management, which is extremely boring. Yes, it is. And I just kind of morphed into entrepreneurship, which I love. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, you're talking about the early 2000s, it was just kind of catching on. Uh, it had a revolution in the 90s because of Silicon Valley and dot commerce. And I can tell you about that. But basically, uh, I got into it and I went back to school, like I told you, and uh, got an MBA in entrepreneurship. And I was ready to go on to a PhD. What the hell? I had the money and the time. And this guy who headed the program up at the Holy Grail Kaufman Foundation in Kansas City, Missouri, he said, you don't need a, a Ph.D. He said, everyone I've met's got their head up there, you flashlight. And um, <laughs> so I took his advice and I went to every there's six major courses in the U.S. on entrepreneurship. And I took every one of them. And together with my MBA, I started teaching it at a community college down here called State College of Florida. I started the program there. and you know, I uh, had a really interesting learning experience, you know, starting the first program. And I basically copied the program from where I had spent my career in Atlanta by, by a good friend at Georgia State. So I pretty much put the Georgia State program in State College of Florida in Bradenton. And uh, after a couple of years, it was pretty confining. So I started going to some of these conventions and I realized there was a need for certain things. So the things you mentioned that I published are basically filling vacuums. Gotcha. There was no entrepreneurship study guide chart in the college bookstores, you know, like the ones you see for management or math, and mm -hmm. something like that. So uh, I would call over to Boca Raton to bar charts and I'd say, well, where is this thing you list on your website? Every time I hit on it, it says uh, grant making. And they said, well, truthfully, we don't have one. Would you like to write it? <laughs> So I did write it, and that's the one that's available now online at Amazon and at Bar Charts and my website, too, clintonyday.com. Mm -hmm. And then my students had a need. In 18 to 20 years old, they'd say, well, all of this is really well and good, but what in the world can I do? What are your ideas? And so I wrote a book called Set Your Own Salary. These are just 120-page, very inexpensive books. And I 
gave a thing called the high percentage model in there, which basically takes everything that is the quickest path to success in entrepreneurship and puts it together. Like it's much better to bootstrap than to borrow money as far as funding. It's much better to start a service business as opposed to a products business because they're easier to start and, and easier to sustain. And, you know, uh, things like the E-Myth Revisited, to put systems in your your business so you have uh, something like McDonald's where anyone can be plugged in and work work the counter, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that was my book, Set Your Own Salary. And finally, my last one last year is this thing called Lean Startup, which I specialize in now. And that's doubling your chance for new venture success. The old traditional business plan is now outdated and no longer valid. And the SiliconValley.comers gave us this thing called Lean Startup, which essentially validates your idea. And it gets very complicated, but you go to your end user before you really spend any money or scale the thing, and you get them to help you validate your idea so that you know it's really needed, it solves a problem, and it's in demand. And once you know that, they can even help you refine it. You're off and running because you know there's a market for whatever you're going to create. You know what's crazy about that last title? When I saw that, it almost gave me chills because maybe, what has it been, a week? Maybe 10 days ago, me and my team here at Intentionally Inspirational, we said, you know, how can we target or how can we micro-target a piece of our existing audience and place greater focus on that to obviously attract new people but to even – you know, give more. And the idea that I came up with was Lean Startup. And Beautiful. So we have a website called yourleanstartup.com. It's under uh, construction right now, but there's a lot of searches for that. And I said, you know what? We're going to make this focused on the launch or pre-launch for Lean Startups for people that have under a thousand bucks, which is most people. So yeah, I was like, absolutely. man, I think this would be great. So when I saw your book, I was like, man, there's a book I need to buy because the more the merrier. I love the last thing you said. I mean, I, I call that last thing market research. You know, it took me a while to figure that out as well. But it's like, hey, if I've got an idea, let's ask the people that I'll be targeting if there's any interest with that idea. And if there's not. It, it just seems so logical and yeah. simple. Why didn't we think of it earlier? <laughs> no, that's great. Um, I love everything you just said. And it makes me happy to know that there's other people out there that that see the need to educate and be involved with the lean the lean stuff because – it's uh, there's a lot of people that want to do the side hustle or, or that are doing the side hustle. Kind of another term for it, but um, no. I Basically, agree. everyone has a desire for freedom. You know, have, working for yourself instead of the man. Yep. They also have the desire to get some excess cash so that you're not just paying your bills. You're able to have some extra money to afford something better in life, whether it be your passion for travel or a nicer home or college education for your kids, but entrepreneurship makes that happen and it's a it's a wonderful tool and lately the millennials and some of the dot-comers are using social entrepreneurship to help better the world i mean like look at bill and melinda gates they're wiping out a couple of diseases in africa through uh, immunizations and it's just phenomenal what good you can do by coming up with an idea through lean startup absolutely so if somebody wanted to purchase that book where can they find that clint Everything I'm talking about is on my website, clintonedaycom There's links to Amazon and bar charts and, and everything that I wrote on there. Plus, that site has now become a blog where every 
I'm probably about two or three times a week, I update an article mm-hmm. that I choose on entrepreneurship and put it on the front page. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Maybe I can get on your front page someday. That would be awesome. Yes, sir. We push out a weekly blog that we're very proud of as well. So maybe that'll work out. Well, let me ask you this. What do you see is the biggest challenges that new entrepreneurs face when they're in startup mode? Um, they say finding something that will hold their interest over the long haul so they can be persistent. But you've got to have a passion about something. Entrepreneurs come in all walks and ethnicities and, you know, kinds of people. They're all different. You can have a nerd who has no personality. You can have a, <laughs> you can have a Donald Trump who would drive you nuts, you know, with ideas and, and deals. But basically, they only have one thing in common. It's called the entrepreneurial mindset. And the mindset is two things. One, it is the ability to recognize opportunities that others don't see. Opportunity recognition. The second thing is the ability to take a risk and jump off the cliff. Risk retention. You know, uh, those two combinations are always present in any entrepreneur, no matter what or who they are or where they are. And, um, you know, that, that's basically what it is for me. I work for the man. I work for a broker in commercial insurance in California. Then when I moved to Florida and Jacksonville, I work for another. And after five years, I learned my trade. So I mentored under a couple of successful men. And then I went on my own. And when I went on my own, my boss foolishly didn't have a non-compete on me. And I took about, oh, you know, five to 10 accounts with me mm-hmm. and had a hot market. And, you know, you've got to find something that differentiates you from everybody else doing the same thing. In my case, in the city of Jacksonville in the 1980s, it was about having something the other agents didn't have. And I got a direct writer out of Atlanta that was a little regional company and had an exclusive with them. And I started to write commercial insurance, which they didn't know much of. They basically wrote personal, which is homeowners and autos. And in doing the commercial, I started to cut into people. Well, everybody in the world tried to go get my market, but I had an exclusive territory, which really got me started. So that was my uh, competitive advantage. But you've got to figure out something that gives you an advantage. And the Lean Startup enables you to do that. Just a quick moment about that. Lean Startup uses a tool called the Business Model Canvas. It's a one-page model, you know, kind of sideways, that has nine blocks. And it was developed in Switzerland, um, I guess about the early 2000s, by two consultants, Alexander Osterwalder and his partner Bigamir, these Swiss names. But Steve Blank, the godfather of Lean Startup in Silicon Valley, picked up on it. And that was what he chose to use as his tool to go out and analyze a new startup idea. And it, I'll just give you an example. The first block is called value proposition. What is your idea? What is your service or product that you're going to have a competitive advantage on? Every entrepreneur has to build value. So what value are you going to bring to number two, the uh, customer segment? That's the second block. That's your target audience. And I'll just say that it's impossible to be successful in this huge world of commerce by being all things to all people. You have to have a little niche product or service and then target it to a particular segment of the market. 
without that, it's just overwhelming. And that's essentially what everyone does that starts out. Even if you look at Steve Jobs or, um, you know, the Microsoft people, they started out with a niche product and targeted an audience. No, that's great advice. I have something I've spoken about and learned about the hard way is do not try to be a jack of all trades. <laughs> that's what you said. I mean, nothing. It sounds great, but man, you run ragged and you, uh, you're only doing about 20% of your potential in about 200 areas. So, um, no, that's, that's excellent. Um, so kind of on the other side of that, if you think about maybe just a handful of some of the most successful entrepreneurs that, that you know, or have known, what makes them different? What makes them different from the pack? Um, huh. Yeah. That's a great question. It's almost like a fire in the belly answer. They ha- <laughs> it's impossible to avoid challenges and obstacles. So you have to have a certain statuativeness, you know, a, a persistence mm-hmm. quality. And one of the things I've learned along the way is I'm teaching entrepreneurs right now who are veterans in the U.S. Army or services. And they, in particular, make good entrepreneurs. And I think the reason is they have learned how to carry out missions. They've learned how to uh, take action and initiate, you know, various situations for themselves. And they have a certain um, persistence about them. They're team workers, too. Most new businesses are successful as a result of a team interaction. Mm -hmm. In fact, the guy that really helped Steve Jobs succeed in California Kelly, he started a business called IDEO, I-D-E-O. You can Google it. And what they do is they they contract with Procter & Gamble or Apple or somebody, and they tackle a problem in a team. And it may be five members. One of them's like an accountant. Another one's an engineer. A third one's a marketer. And they bring all those various skills together to tackle one problem and end up, you know, like the Colgate Palmolive toothbrush that has that crooked handle that's – called agronic, agronometric or whatever, that was designed by that team so that children could brush their teeth easier, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it fit their hand and came in their mouth. And, and, and so that concept of team is another reason that people are successful. But I'd have to say you have to want it. And there's no sense doing it because it, the first two years it's impossible to avoid a very focused lifestyle of 24-7. It's just... It's just the way it is. But if you work hard and you break through those two years, you can have a wonderful uh, reward at the other side. You can have enough money to hire an employee or two and to start beyond your break-even point, take home some extra pay. So it has its sacrifice, but at the same time, it has its rewards. Uh, You just said something at the end that I really want to bring the spotlight on. So there, there's somebody listening, and there may be a lot of somebody's listening that need to hear what I'm about to emphasize. So what Clint said is, this isn't going to happen overnight. I think a lot of people make that mistake. And I'll tell you what, I'm the worst one. Uh, in 2015, October of 2015, I quit a cushy salary job, tried to go from zero to that same salary in about three months as an entrepreneur, and failed horribly because I had no passion. I was chasing money. And I about lost everything I own, about everything. And what it made me realize was there's like, there's no way, there's no way you can get to where you want to go without passion. Now, when, you know, how will I stop or or when would I stop pursuing what I'm doing with intentionally inspirational when I die? You know, people say, well, what do you do for fun? This is what I do for fun. And the the average person doesn't get that. 
they don't. Yeah, no, yeah, you really, it, it's much, much harder. It can still be done, but it's extremely difficult to not, you know, have passion about what you're doing. You want to find something that you really enjoy that's really, uh, you know, fun for you to do. Now, I can't say that commercial insurance was really a great fun thing. It was so competitive. But I can tell you this, Jason. When I closed the sale and I knew how much money I was getting in the commission, yeah. it, was, it was like a, a sexual experience. It was a, wonderful, <laughs> it was a wonderful feeling. That part of it I just absolutely loved. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I love that. And uh, yeah, to that point I was saying, you know, if somebody listening, if there's something you're doing and your passion's in it, give it a chance. Learn some patience because – it's not going to happen. I mean, with that being said, have you seen many entrepreneurs experience literal overnight success, you know, 30 days, 60 days, so they're making phenomenal money? It probably doesn't happen real often, does it? It happens every week in the lottery. Yeah. But those people don't know how to handle it. But no, most people that you think are overnight successes are quite the contrary. You know, Jack Nicholson labored in Hollywood for 16 years before he had a hit movie. Uh, Steve uh, Jobs and and Wozniak were in the homebrew hobby club at Stanford, you know, um, just playing with the uh, solder guns and, and machines until they came up with the Apple II. And um, Bill Gates and um, his partner, Paul Allen, they used to sneak into the private high school computer lab in Seattle and play on the machines. They started when they were 15 years old. So, I mean, there are no overnight successes. But you have to just be doing something that you thoroughly enjoy and that you, you know, you want to do every day. You like getting up for work and stick with it. And when you stick with it, you'll be rewarded. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you. So what keeps you so involved giving back to entrepreneurship? I mean, do you do you find yourself growing fatigued with the teaching <laughs> and the contributing to the board and speaking and all the things that you do? Or is it kind of an insatiable thing for you? Well, I do find myself getting bored at certain levels, but I just, I just iterate. That's an entrepreneurship word for make a slight adjustment. Yep. You really, my wife and I were so busy starting businesses. We never had children. We had a point in time when it was possible, but we had a couple of, um, you know, setbacks financially where we had to stick with it and roll our sleeves up. And, uh, we, we overcame those and became successful, but, when you retire at age 59 and 55, which we essentially did, you, you just almost automatically, when you have extra money, think, how are we going to give back if you didn't have children? Now, if you had children, I've had partners and others who have said, it's time to focus on my kids, you know, and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll pour themselves into their education and their own success. We didn't have that. So we do it through entrepreneurship and mentoring young entrepreneurs and meeting them through incubators and what they call accelerators and and then, you know, teaching them. And, and it's very satisfying to see someone have a light bulb go on, you know. Oh, yeah. when you, you, like I was at the veterans course this weekend in Tampa where the Florida uh, legislature has given a million dollars last year and 500000 this year to educate all the veterans in the state of Florida and anyone on active duty that is, can get in the program. We have five different sites. I'm in one of them, 40 students. And this one guy was just struggling with being starting a blog. You would relate to this, Jason. And I, I just happen to know by working on all this stuff that there's a guy named Mike Fishbin, F-I-S-H-B-I-E-N, who has gotten very concentrated in customer development and written a book on blogging. 
And so I said, hey, give me your phone. I found the book on Amazon. I said, you need to buy this book. You know, an ebook was like $6. I got an email from him today, and he said, Clint, you just absolutely made my day, made my week. I bought the book. I'm off and running. And just that little spark of knowledge, you know, made such mm-hmm. a difference in that guy's life that those are the rewards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, I, and I, I hate to even ask. I'm just curious. Do you think you'll ever do another startup business of any kind for yourself? Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> I, I'm older than my picture looks on my website. <laughs> well, your picture looks great. You have a lot more hair than I do. So Yeah, well, that's a few years back, but uh, nevertheless – um, no, no, I'm in, I'm in my early seventies and it's time to, to just continue to give back and, sure. uh, you know, help others. And, and, but I make it a full life like this Wednesday, I'm leaving for Washington, DC. My wife and I are going to the engineering entrepreneurship conference called venture. Well, mm-hmm. it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency. And the reason those con- conventions are just top flight is that's the one area in entrepreneurship that has a lot of funding. The National Science Foundation and yeah. a, a private uh, foundation called the Weimelson, they give generously to uh, to young engineering students, and you can get a grant, and a couple of their grants have gone to great uh, successes. One invented the solar-powered lantern for the Indians in, in India, India, you know, and mm-hmm. replaced the kerosene lanterns. Another nice. one uh, started a Waters Future project, which is probably – coming down the road. And the third one I can think of is called the hippo roller where, you know, in Africa they would take water from sources over to the village with tin cans on their shoulders, you know, and it was cumbersome. This uh, group invented a big old rubber tire called the hippo roller and you fill it with water and then you just roll it back to the village. Nice. Very nice. Well, let me ask you for three tips that you would give for lean startup survival? Like I told you before the show, we have a lot of pre-startup folks on here, a lot of startup folks. Uh, obviously a big focus of, of me and my team going forward as well. What three survival tips would you give them? Well, number one, trust the business model canvas. That's the one-page tool um, with nine blocks. It's, you can Google BMC or business model canvas, and you'll get, a, a you know, 100 images of this thing. Number two absolutely perfect the relationship between the first two blocks I mentioned already, value proposition in the middle and customer segments on the far right. Together, they're called the product market fit. I can have students spend half a semester on that one relationship because until you get the product market fit correct, you don't really have something that's going to fly. But when you spark, when you figure out what customer segment has a problem, and how you can create a value that will solve it or fill their needs, solve their demand, you can absolutely spark. The rest of it just fills in naturally, and you're off and running. And number three would probably be don't be afraid to fail. We say in Lean Startup, fail fast, fail often. And the reason is only by failing can you correct your course like the torpedo. And if you Go along, and it's just a minor obstacle, and you find out how to correct it. We call that an iteration, and you keep moving. But if you reach a stone wall and you're just dead, the idea is not going to fly. You have to pivot, and many successful entrepreneurs have pivoted. You know, I can think of a couple of examples. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think Airbnb was a pivot, and um, Starbucks, in a sense, was a pivot. You just you just stick with it, 
until you, you get something that meets those two criteria of value to a specific customer that, you know, sparks mm-hmm. called the product market fit. Very nice. Thank you for those three tips. I think those are excellent. What's next for you? Well, I'm going to Washington this week to have some fun. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely uh, got the brass ring on the merry-go-round. My, I'm going to host a panel on Saturday morning on evidence-based entrepreneurship. Lean startup, discipline, they're all called evidence-based. The reason is you're validating your idea with the end user, the early adopter, the customer. And so you're basing your assumptions on facts as opposed to guesses. That's called evidence-based entrepreneurship. So anyway, I've got this. uh, I invited three people. Uh, My old teacher from UC Berkeley is not coming. But the gal I met in Tampa who teaches at American University in Washington, D.C., she's a gal from Finland with 161 papers in research. Brilliant. She's coming. But I landed Bill Ouellette, A-U-L-E-T, who is the chair of the department at MIT. Wow. And you can imagine how meaningful that is to this group of engineers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I expect an overflow, overflow crowd. And I, they gave me 75 minutes because he's on my panel. And fortunately, he's in London as we speak. He emailed me this morning and said, look, I got 45 minutes worth of material. Is that OK? And I said, are you kidding me? That's wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Very nice. So that's what's next. But, um, you know, I'm finishing out the veterans in early May and then I'm going to take a little time off because I've been going pretty steadily for uh, well over a decade. Yeah, I think you've earned it, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. So, Clint, what is the best way for Inspire Nation and uh, everybody listening to contact you? Oh, easy. I mean, I'm really giving uh, on my website. There's a page called Contact Clint. And it goes directly into my main email. So I get those. And I do answer all my emails. I'm quite an emailer. So everything you need is on my website, clintoneday.com. Clint, thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I've enjoyed your the time very much. Same here, Jason. Best of luck on your podcast. Yep. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. And we are back. Clint, thank you, brother. If you guys want to check out show notes to this show, You can just go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 62 and check out a little brief kind of extra behind the scenes info there. And there'll be some links and some resources that Clinton talked about as well there. Nothing crazy. Some people have very elaborate show notes, which are great. Ours are fairly simple at this point in time. Um, If you guys haven't checked out the free resources that we have, you can do that on the website. There's multiple opportunities to sign up for the email list. It's called the Inspire Nation Insider. It's really a great resource because you get content. Um, you get one, you get about two emails a week, and there's lots of content we never share anywhere else. You get access to all kinds of free resources from um, ten mistakes that I, I basically made as an entrepreneur. It's a, an ebook essentially, but it's a great little reference guide. It's entertaining and it's you'll find it valuable. There's a, a free course on there for setting up a professional website. Uh, there's another resource. It's a roadmap for life change. And I've got something else cool I'm working on as well, which the people on that list are aware of. You guys are not, if you're not on the list, but check it out. If you join it and you don't like it or it annoys you, unsubscribe. It's that simple. It doesn't cost you a thing, but I promise you, you'll get a, a higher level of stuff from Intentionally Inspirational. And if you like what we talk about on the podcast, you'll like the blog and you'll like the emails. It's all similarly themed, but yet unique, fresh, and different at the same time. 
Well, if you guys are first-time guests, thank you for checking us out. We would love that. Review on iTunes, still the number one place to leave reviews for podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Google Play, I think. We're all over the place. You can listen to this uh, on our Buzzsprout site, on our website, all over the place. So we don't care where you listen. We just love for you to keep listening, and we'll see where this thing goes. But it has been a very positive ride, and it's helped us grow a great brand. And we've got more good things in the works. So for all those things, I thank you. I thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.